A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 228. Welcome to the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where psychology and business sit down to chat. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, speaker, executive coach, and consultant to entrepreneurs, leadership, and their companies. I believe psychology is the key to adapting and thriving both personally and in business. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for people searching for deeper conversation, deeper insight, and deeper research on psychology and business, where weekly conversations and content spark rare and profound insight, inspiring new awareness, new analysis, and new action. It is my mission to unlock the role of psychology inside every human touchpoint in business, all aimed at simplifying and harnessing psychology principles, skills, and strategies you can learn and apply so you and your business continue to grow and thrive. Grab a proverbial seat and tune in for insightful interviews, scientific research, psychology-based frameworks and reflections, and answers to thought-provoking questions so you can learn and leverage psychology for yourself and your business. Story Tuesday conversation is so packed that I just had to share it all with you, which means a double dose of lessons this week. In part one, Justin shares lessons he learned about tenacity, luck, persistence, and patience. We also talk about how to handle when a wrench is thrown into the gears in your business, the importance of clarity in leadership, intention in choosing who you work with, and creating excitement for you and your teams day in and day out. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, If you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com coaching. Join me in welcoming Justin Klein. Founder and president of Markerly, an influencer marketing agency and technology company with the mission of making marketing more human and connected. Welcome back, Justin. Thank you, Yishai. Glad to be here. Yeah. On Insight Sunday, you talked about and we covered 
so many important aspects of influencer marketing and marketing and what you do and what Markerly does and even the story and background underneath it. We talked about influence and what creates influence. We talked about how influence is a tool and how it can be used in ways that are really beneficial for companies, for communities, and for influencers, as well as how it can be used in ways that aren't really helpful and can even be harmful or damaging. And then we also talked a lot about some of the underlying elements of resonance and alignment and how to create that alignment, be aware of that alignment, and how to make sure that it's driven by data and how that can help direct to find and cultivate and connect with the right kind of communities and the influencers, the people of influence in those communities that really helps to amplify their message, that helps to uplift the community, that helps to also really create more value for the company, for the community, and for those who have influence in it. So thank you so, so much for all of that. And thank you again for grabbing a seat with me on the business couch for our Tuesday episode. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoying the conversation. Yeah. So on Tuesday, I'd really like to dive into some of your challenges and maybe hard-earned lessons or some of the psychology that's inside of your business. So I wanted to start by asking, what are some challenges that you've had to overcome, whether that's in business, leadership, or entrepreneurship? Yeah. I mean, as most people know, uh, running a business and growing a business, founding a business, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. And it requires a lot of you know sleepless nights and long hours but i i feel like you know i've always been like that kind of person that would just like tenaciously work on something until it was done mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i mean i think that as far as like challenges i mean there's so many right like we were when we moved out to california and we're raising money right like we almost ran out of money like trying mm-hmm. to raise money we were like, oh no, we have like a week left of money in the bank. And um, mm-hmm. so that that's obviously like stressful, but we ended up doing it and we we like raised our round, which was super exciting, like right in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's, you know, we've had a lot of luck, but my dad always said like the harder you work, the luckier you get. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of rings true for like our journey as a company. Mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, a lot of companies, you know, we've been around since 2012, right? And, you know, a lot of people, right, if they don't see like instant success within the first like three or four or five years, right, a lot of people give up and they move on or they get bored. And, you know, we were close to that, but I'm a very persistent person. And, you know, I viewed this like if I didn't like something about what I was doing or about where the company was going, like, I'm like running the company, like I can change it. Right. So like Mm. several, maybe like three years ago, three, four years ago, I decided that I wanted to shift the company's direction to be more purpose driven. Right. Because I was like, I was thinking about it. Like a lot of these consumer products, right. Like you can make money doing it, like pushing these products, but if they're not like good for the world, then it's not really like work that is super, gratifying, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it just, it's not the same. So like, and most companies I think today, right. They are purpose-driven. They are mission driven. Mm. Like they do like even oil companies, they want to go green, right? Like, Mm. (laughs) you know, whether there's like true, you know, like uh, good intentions there, like that's one thing. I mean, Mm. I don't know, like, I think some are and some aren't, but, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, most companies, like if you ask them like, Hey, do you want your company to do like good for the world? Right. Like most people would say yes. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of nice to like shift the company, like in that direction, because, you know, it does align us with companies that are mindful about that. Cause mm -hmm. not every company thinks about it, but I think most are starting to realize like, Hmm, maybe we should have better values. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have like a pledge of some sort. Like maybe, you know, we should change our marketing to be more inclusive, right? Like there's mm. like so much of this happening and we, we started shifting like, you know, a few years ago and that has really energized the company quite a bit. Mm. And it has helped us to attract partners that share those values. Um, mm. So I feel like that's been very transformative for us because yeah, I mean, it's that purpose, right? It's like, let's Simon Sinek. He's it's like, it's about the why. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Well, this allowed us to inject more why, right? More purpose into what we do, which has, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that a few years ago, three years ago, when you started being intentional and making this shift into being very mission driven, what that started to create for you is internally inside your company, it energized you, is the word that you use. And then the other thing I'm hearing that you noticed which is interesting to think about this by way of almost like a domino effect, is that when you started being that way and showing and communicating that, in a sense, you know, that became your brand because it was your identity and you were being very true to that identity. What started to happen is you started attracting companies and clients that were really resonant with the same values, which to me sounds almost like this, we call it a parallel process between what your company was going through and what you seek to do with influencers and companies and the total kind of marketing strategy that's really resonant with the audience and the consumer or the the kind of end user. And so I wanted to kind of put that on the table and ask you to think about that a little bit. What are you what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And you know, another thing that we did, you know, over the last few years during this like kind of like position change was that we wanted to broaden what influence is, right? Because it is mm. much more than just people posting on Instagram or TikTok, right? Influence, arguably, like I said in the past episode, arguably, like, you know, marketing and advertising were born out of the need to influence, right? Mm. So influence is like the parent or like the grandparent, right? Of, mm. you know, like marketing and advertising. And I think that you know, repositioning as like that influence, you know, kind of like repositioning as a company with that, you know, kind of grander vision as far as like what influence is allows us to kind of transcend some of, you know, these stopping points or like the, these like glass ceilings that is like influencer marketing, like, you know, in a traditional sense, like social influence, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or social influencer marketing social media influencer marketing, it allows us to move past that and to build mm. on a more solid foundation, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that in that it reminds me of what I saw kind of thinking about social media marketing and influencer marketing as being part of a more holistic marketing strategy for an organization and approaching that as almost like having all these different ingredients and if you're going to bake or you're going to cook, you don't want to just like make everything and then toss an ingredient on top afterwards. 
uh, because that's not likely going to be the same experience, especially if it's not intentional, right? And instead, thinking about it as a whole recipe of that includes one of these ingredients. And so you're thinking about, and the way you think about influence is influence is the whole recipe and you're going to have all these different ingredients. And so the way in which people use kind of social media influencers and marketing as this kind of like ingredient you just throw on top is really narrow. And the thought process of broadening it has been really impactful. Yeah, I I like that analogy. And like, I just thought of like how, you know, if you go to like a Michelin starred restaurant and, you know, you get like, I don't know, like a six course meal or something, Mm -hmm. right? Like every single plate is going to complement one another, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as opposed to going to a restaurant and randomly picking an appetizer, randomly picking an entree, randomly picking Mm -hmm. a dessert, right? Whether they match and go together like that, yeah, they might, you know, you'll get what you're in the mood for, I guess, but they're not really going to tell like a story, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like a gastronomical story or anything. Uh Whereas, yeah, like that Michelin starred restaurant where they are being methodical in, you know, which plates come out when they come out, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the ingredients of all of them to make sure that like they all go together. Right. Uh, And I think that marketing is very similar. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I see a lot of marketers like silo away uh, different aspects of a marketing campaign. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like if they're not talking to one another, right. If you're not like integrating all these different components, then they're going to be disjointed. You know, Mm -hmm. the messaging is going to be a little off Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to have issues. It's not going to be as smooth. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's almost like when there isn't communication and they're siloed, it really disconnects all the data from each other. You're not having this data going back and forth between them. And then what happens is each little bit is going in a different direction or slightly different direction because they're not as interconnected to make sure they're all really on in the same lane going in the same direction. And then that can really impact how the effect of it, the kind of total effect of it. It reminds me of the difference between you know, kind of like a flashlight and a laser, where a laser is where all of those beams of light are really in sync and resonant and they're they're all kind of together and that helps them stay together and it can go much further and it can really pinpoint something really important or meaningful. Whereas when you just turn on a flashlight, its range of kind of shining that light is much more limited and it's much more scattered. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think rather than just being like a cog in a machine, right? Like we're looking at the entire machine now Mm -hmm. to ensure that, you know, all of these pieces are uh, symbiotically uh, working together. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go back. You were talking about how some people give up after a few years of being in business or trying to get a business rolling. And you mentioned at some point you were close to it. If you don't mind sharing a little bit about that story, and maybe a lesson or two that you learned from that. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, we were toiling away and people left the company, you know, it's, it can be very discouraging, right? Like Mm. when you're trying to get a company off the ground and, you know, it was not all rainbows and butterflies. Like Mm -hmm. most companies that are successful, like have gone through difficult times. You just don't hear about it. You don't see it. You just Mm -hmm. see all the successes. Right. Uh And, People don't really like to talk about failure or, mm. you know, difficult struggle. times, yeah. struggle. Yeah. Like 
but I think it's important because it's a part of humanity. It's if you want mm-hmm. to, if you want to be successful at something, you know, you kind of have to go through these periods and you can't get discouraged. I feel like it's kind mm-hmm. of like planting seeds, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watering them and then being upset that the, that they haven't sprouted and then giving up and, you know, stomping on all the seeds and giving up. Right. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you had just waited one more day, right. Mm -hmm. Those seeds would have popped out of the ground Mm. and you would have a tree within a year or whatever. Mm. Right. And I feel like a lot of people give up right before the seed sprouts. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're close. If they had just pushed through a little longer, right. They would have gotten there, Mm. but a, a lot of people give up. Mm. And, you know, and I mean, some for good reason, like maybe they're just miserable. They don't like it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't believe in themselves enough to push on, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe they have external things going on. Maybe their wives are telling them you have to give up or Mm -hmm. or their husbands or, you know, so I think that that is something though, that, you know, I think could help more people become successful at, Mm -hmm. uh, running a business or starting a business. It's that kind of tenacity and persistence and knowing that like, all right, the more hard times that I get through, like the more likely that I'm going to get to good times, right? It's like the more no's you get, the closer you are to a yes. It's kind of like that. Mm. Yeah. One thing I'm hearing that I'm not sure if you use the word, I'm hearing that there's really a virtue in patience, not just expecting that as soon as you put the seed down and you pour some water on it, that it's immediately going to sprout, recognizing that things do take time. And there's going to be a lot of asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Reminds me of like kids in the back of the car, right? And saying, no, and we're on our way and we will get there. And being able to understand that. I I think one thing you pointed out, which is really, there are a couple of things you pointed out I wanted to highlight. One of them is that sometimes there are good reasons to let go or give up in some area or in some way. In fact, you mentioned that the company you started is not the company you ended with in a number of different ways. You know, On Sunday and today, you've talked about multiple different inflection points and ways in which there's a part of your company that needed to change or did change, even that you gave up on or chose to set down, not because it was going to bear fruit that you wanted or that was going to be meaningful, but rather because you were getting data or direction. There was something that was showing you or telling you that, hey, if we continue down this road, it's not going to quite get us to where we want to go, or it's not heading you know, towards our North Star or towards our destination. We're headed a little bit in the wrong direction, or we need to kind of shift or switch direction to really get to where we want to go. And I think it's a really important point that there are sometimes good reasons to let go of some things. And this, I think, goes back to a discussion on adaptability while also maintaining the habits, right? That's symbiotic because at times you want to continue doing the same thing. And other times you need to have flexibility so that when a wrench gets thrown in, well, maybe you do need to change up a gear or two. Maybe there are things that do need to change. So I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. And and welcome the wrenches, Mm -hmm. right? Use the wrenches, If a wrench gets thrown into the machine, use the wrench to fix the machine in a Uh new way. Right. Like, and yeah, I like your uh, analogy as far as like kids in the car, like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like driving from Florida to Washington state, which is a long drive. And you're Uh like, you get to like, I don't know, Idaho, right. Or whatever, or like Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. uh, And you say, I'm still not there. I'm going to turn around and go back to Florida. Uh Uh-huh. 
you know, and, but if you had just driven like a few more hours, you'd be at your destination, but you know, because you were impatient, right. You decided to turn around and go back to where you started. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to highlight, which I think is really connected is how we respond to those moments where we are experiencing, whether it's impatient, you had also talked about feeling discouraged, how we respond to that is really important because oftentimes we look at these emotions as a wrench that's thrown in the gear. And I love your analogy of use the wrench, take the wrench and use it to improve or to fix or to address what's going on. So when someone is experiencing impatience, and this is something I talk about a lot, it's often really helpful to recognize that that reaction is telling you something and that you can harness or use that reaction. You don't just have to do what it seems on its surface to be pushing you to do. If you're feeling discouraged, you don't just have to give up. Discouragement though might be giving you some data. That data might be, hey, I'm not really getting towards where I want to get to. And that can lend itself to a really important question. If you take that as a wrench, it can give you the question of what's getting in my way? What is not working? What needs the attention and care? What do I need this wrench? What bolt or you know, what nut do I need to take this wrench and put it on? What do I need to tighten up? What do I need to loosen? What needs to change in order to get to where I want to go? And I think sometimes the way we relate to these reactions or these experiences is not necessarily in a totally helpful way, even though they are disruptive. And I know you're into tech. And one of the things in tech is we talk a lot about in tech, disruption is not a bad thing. Disruption leads innovation. It creates something new. It helps to increase access or it helps to refine and and even generate or create new tools. When there's a disruption like that, you can harness that disruption. It's not totally random and it's not completely unhelpful if and when you know and you're able to choose to take that in in a different way. Yeah. And I think it also just comes down to like, what do you want? Right. Mm. Like (laughs) a lot of people think they know what they want, but do they really want it? Like, I think being self-aware, like self-awareness is like super important Mm -hmm. Um, and knowing what's going to make you happy. What do you want out of life? Like I want to, you know, make a positive impact on the world. Right. So I have changed the company in a way to where I feel like it is doing that. You know, it is more purpose-driven now more than ever before. And we're working on more purpose-driven campaigns than we've ever worked on before. And it's only going to increase. And that's Mm -hmm. what I want. And that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so, and we can still do it with, you know, consumer brands because there's so many amazing consumer brands that also share the same values, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, think of like Tom's shoes or something, right? Like Mm -hmm. they give free shoes to children who don't have shoes. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a great brand. It's very mission driven. Like more Mm -hmm. brands that maybe didn't start off as being mission driven are now realizing that they want to become mission driven. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost like in fashion, I hate to say that, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it is like more, Mm -hmm. I it's, it's almost as if, like the world is waking up, you know, about the fact, and maybe it's millennials too, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. like it is a millennial thing that like us millennials, you know, just feel like an internal kind of like desire to make the world better. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's interesting. Like, I think like this resonates with a lot of people, especially like that millennial cohort. Yeah. 
there's a wave and it's been coming. And I know you mentioned that you kind of started this three years ago, which is perhaps the tip or the very beginning of that wave. And we are right now really riding that wave to borrow a California phrase. Totally, totally. And I think it's a great, it's a great wave, right? Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) there are some extreme versions of this wave, which gets a little haywire, but I think generally it's, it's moving in the right direction. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 